Hey friends, it's Nathan. Thanks for checking out our podcast today, and we hope this message inspires and pushes you in your faith. For any updates going on in ministry, you can go to Instagram or Facebook at Second Students West. Enjoy the podcast. Okay. Y'all, this Sunday, we are, so we're in a brand new month. We started off July, and we are starting off a brand new series. Now what this series is called is called Better Together. Why, why, why is it called Better Together? Because as Christians, as the body of Christ, we are better together. God's, God did not make us to be alone in our struggles, alone in our trials, alone in our victories either. God made us to be in community with each other and to not just be kind of like a circle that's facing inwards, but to be a circle that's facing outwards, to still be together, but looking to whom we can add to our circle. Now, now what, <clears throat> what that picture can kind of, kind of represent is us as the body of Christ looking out to the rest of the world to see, all right, who still needs to know Jesus? Who still needs to know the best news that they would ever hear? Who needs to know the Savior of the world? And so better together, that's us as believers. And if you are a believer and you believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came and lived a perfect life, but was put to death on a cross, but three days later rose again. Now, if you believe that, if you believe everything that the Bible says and everything that Jesus did was true, and you proclaim that and you, and you live that out, then you are a Christian. You are the believer that I'm talking to this morning. The believer that Peter is talking to this morning. That's the passage of scripture we're going to be in. So if you brought your Bibles, go ahead and turn to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, it's after Hebrews, James, and you got your three Peters. Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, and Revelation. Anybody learn that song of like knowing the New Testament books of the Bible? Just me? Was that just a, a 90s? Okay, good, good, good. Cool. Yes, Carson remembers. So this brand new series, because the whole goal of this series is to make sure that each and every one of us know the importance and the urgency of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be in 1 Peter, so if you haven't flipped there or swiped there, go ahead and get there fast because I'm going to start reading. We are in 1 Peter 1, and we're going to start in verse 3. Praise be to God the Father, to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. What does that mean? Peter lays out a portion, a portion of the gospel, specifically to those who are in a relationship with Jesus Christ, who have Christ living in them. So Peter gives us four things that, that we are promised, four, four guarantees or benefits that God says are, are given to those who are in Christ. And what these are, Peter states first that we are given a new birth. What does that mean? Like, all right, I was already born, and then I became a Christian, therefore born again. But this new birth, it means that when we leave this earth, we will leave our current bodies, our current, like what you, what you feel, how you get dressed kind of thing, that your current body, my current body, 
is imperfect. It is full of mistakes. It is flawed. And these physical bodies, these shells that our soul gets to live in for the point of time while we're on earth is doomed for destruction. Is doomed for eternity separated from God. Because with all our flaws, with all of the mistakes that we have in ourselves, a perfect place like heaven, a perfect God like our God cannot be around or cannot be in unity with something that's imperfect because that would make him imperfect. Everybody tracking with me? Little head nods? Perfect. So when we leave this earth, we are given a new birth. We are given a new body which are perfect and righteous and are meant to live with God forever. Maybe like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago, I had a funeral in this room. And it was it was a it was an elder lady who had passed away from pancreatic cancer. Ter- terrible, just how fast that cancer just spreads through her body. But it was diseased. It was poisoned by what our earthly bodies can't handle. And what I made sure that that family knew is because that their because it was a grandmother and a mother that. She, because she knew who Jesus was and had a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus, that the body that she left while she was on earth was meant to stay here. And the body that she was given whenever she walked through those pearly gates of heaven was a brand new body. No, no back pain, no cancer, no disease, no sickness, no allergies, right? Anybody got allergies? Yes. No allergies, can't wait for the day that I don't have to wake up, sniffle all the time, or sneeze 80,000 times. That's what my sister does. She's got bad allergies. But we are given a new birth when we walk into heaven because of our relationship with Jesus. Second thing that Paul, excuse me, not Paul, Peter, excuse me. We are given a new, or given an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade. What does that mean? A long time ago, when I was eight years old, it was around 2002. Anybody born after 2002? Yikes. So I was eight. I was eight in 2002, and my great-grandmother, uh, my great-grandmother, she passed away. She lived in Georgia, and how that kind of works is that, you know, she passed, and in her will, her daughter, my grandma, was given the land as an inheritance. Like, all right, whenever I'm not using it anymore, it's passed on to my oldest daughter. Like, okay, great. And then during quarantine, my grandmother had uh, some health issues and she ended up passing right before the world shut down. And it was, it was hard for me and my family. However, it was great because of everything that happened thereafter. We were thankful that we were able to spend time with my grandmother in her last days. But she still had that piece of land. She still had that piece of land in Georgia that she wasn't living there. She wasn't really doing anything with. It was just in her name kind of thing. And in my grandmother's will, it was passed down to her daughter, my mom, and her, or her son or my uncle. And they're not living in Georgia. They don't want to live in Georgia. And so they set out like, all right, we need to find out how much this piece of land is worth and how much we can sell it for just to to cover funeral expenses or just to, because like we're not going to live there, it's owned by us, so why, why hold on to something if I'm never going to use it? So they set out to sell it, but they realize after looking at all the papers and getting it appraised by, by uh, like a land appraiser that the land 
had lost so much value that it was almost worth nothing because it wasn't being used. It was in a, a terrible little area of, of that acreage. It just inusable, pretty much. And they realized that the money that my great-grandmother used to spend to buy that plot of land back in the 30s was way more than, than what it, it was worth today. Because we're still trying to sell it because no one wants to buy it because what we would like for it, it's way too much of an asking because that land depreciated in value. Same thing happens with cars. You get a brand new car. I don't know if anybody's getting a brand new car for their 16th birthday. I did not. But let's say you did. Mom and dad, they get you that brand new car. You're riding into school in a, in a 2020 Mustang, 2021 Mustang kind of thing. Just go vroom, vroom. And this car is sick. But the moment that your parents drive it off a lot to put it in their driveway, to tie a bow on it in the garage, it immediately loses its value. It's no longer worth what they paid for it the minute after they drive it off the lot. Same thing with our phones. Anybody have an iPhone? My iPhone? iPhone users? Blue bubbles? Elite. Nice. But our iPhones are the same way. Walk into AT&T. Hey, like, I'd like an upgrade. Cool. That'd be $1,000. Brand new, our iPhones are worth a pretty chunk of change. But through several drops, if you can see that. Um, I obviously don't take uh, well care of my phone. But through this, even though you're still making payments on it 20 years later after you get the phone, it's not even worth $50 to the guy down the street because it depreciates in value. All those things depreciated in value, but what Peter's talking about in here is an inheritance that we're given from heaven, from God, because we have a relationship with Jesus that will never depreciate, that will never lose its value. It will never perish, spoil, or fade. The last thing that Peter mentions, and just that, because mind you, we've only read three passages, three verses this morning, and this is everything that Peter's telling us. The last thing Peter mentions is that believers are shielded by God's power. Now, that doesn't mean that as Christians we will never face trials, because who, who's been a Christian and faced a trial? Yeah, a lot of us. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we're going to be immune from anything bad to ever happen. Doesn't mean that we're never going to face trials. No, that's not it. Because those in Christ will face various kinds of suffering. It's different for all of us, but we will experience different kinds of suffering. As Peter will mention in, in just a second, we're going to read on. But Christians, through faith are shielded by God's power. Not shielded physically because, you know, just this world can, can throw everything at us and we can get hurt. We can, can lose a limb. We can pass away and all those things. But what God is, or what Peter is sharing is that our souls are shielded by no matter what comes at us. Our souls are protected. For those who are in Christ, we are protected and we, our souls are secure. And God will continue to shield them until the coming of the salvation or the reward, another word for it, that awaits us in the future. That inheritance that we talked about. That inheritance awaits us until the coming of the salvation or that reward. So what do all these promises that our relationship with Jesus bring us have to do 
with us. Right, like, all right, like, I know I have all these things, like, check the box, check the box, check the box. Like, I get all these things for having a relationship with Jesus. But what, what does that mean? All these benefits of salvation in Christ are amazing. They're awesome. And Peter was confident that he was writing to a group of people in, in all three of these letters, that he was writing to a group of people who had a relationship with Jesus, who were solid in their faith. People who are entitled to all of those benefits that we just read. But we need to look into our hearts and ensure that we have indeed made that personal decision. Because we can say like, oh, I've lived a good life. I grew up in a Christian home. I've always gone to church Sundays and Wednesdays. I try to do good things. But none of that matters if you have not made that personal personal declaration or that, that one question to God of, God, will you send Jesus to live inside of me? Because people who aren't Christians, people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they can do amazing things. However, their souls are still destined for hell. And we need to make sure that in our hearts, we need to ensure that we have indeed believed in that gospel of Jesus. Because no one can do it for ourselves. Not our family, not our friends, not our classmates, not even your pastors, anyone at the church. We can't do it for you. It is a personal one-on-one -on -one connection that you have with Jesus. Now, if, you've, if you have accepted Jesus and that gift of salvation, then in everything we do and everything that happens to us, we need to look through the lens of our eternal reality. And this takes practice, like look, looking at our life, looking at our life circumstances or what's going on around us or in our world, we need to look through a special lens of that eternal reality. And it's so important, especially when we go through trials. I want to keep reading in verse 6. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven geniuses of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you're receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What Peter's sharing here is that our faith will be tested by the trials and by the circumstances that we'll experience and how we suffer, how we go through those trials will be a true testament of our relationship with Jesus. If I have, if I have a solid relationship with Jesus, then no matter what comes at me, I'm always going to make sure that, yes, like what, what I'm going through is terrible. Losing my dad when I was in eighth grade sucked. But keeping in mind that I had a relationship with Jesus and that people were looking to me to see how I was going to suffer. Because if, if, bad, if bad things happen in our lives and we just, we just burst into a fit of rage, then what, what picture does that paint to other people on the outside who don't know who Jesus is? They say like, oh man, like Jacob, like he's, something bad happened, but he, he got real angry. And he lashed out at me, or he, he did something he wasn't supposed to do because of something bad happened. Or Lane, he, he had a problem. 
No, he, and he, he went into, he, just, just so, so many examples, I'm sorry. But we need, as Christians, to suffer well. What good does it do for the kingdom and for the image of Christ that we, each and every day, shine out? Because if you are a believer, if you have Jesus Christ in your heart, then you're, every day you're shining a light. Every day you're painting a picture to those around you of who Christ is. What good does it do for the kingdom and your witness if we, don't, if we do not suffer well? And when believers, when their faith proves to be true, despite life circumstances, the result, as Peter says, will be glory and honor to Jesus. Let's keep reading in verse 10. Verse 10 says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently and with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. And it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but that they were serving you. He's talking to us, that they were serving us. When they spoke of the things that, that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into those things. Now, I want to keep verse 12 up there just a second because it's a lot of, it's a lot of words. It's a lot of words basically to say prophets. Basically to say someone who had preached the name of Jesus and had never met him. Preached the, the name of the Lord but never got to experience or see everything that Jesus was going to do. Everything that they prophesied that Jesus was going to do, they never got to see. And so I want to make sure that you know what all those words meant. And then the last sentence, even angels long to look into these things. The prophets of the Old Testament preached about the coming Messiah. They preached about everything that Jesus was going to do, yet they did not even get a chance to see it. The Old Testament happened in a, in a way different time before the New Testament came. And it's not just Old Testament, New Testament. Like these are time periods, these are years where in the New Testament, that is the actual picture of Jesus and, and what he did and how, and how he experienced life and who he talked to and the miracles that he did. And the Old Testament are full of prophecies. Prophecies that people who who never got to interact with Jesus, claimed that he would do. And in the New Testament, if you're able to like quickly bounce back and forth between the two, you can see that every Old Testament prophecy matches up with an action that Jesus did in the New Testament. The New Testament hadn't been written yet for these prophets to see exactly what Jesus did while he was on earth, while he was on earth but we do. We have the whole picture. We have the prophecies, we have the Psalms, we have the laws, and we have the New Testament. We have the actual picture of Jesus. We know exactly what he did, when he did it, and how he did it, and who was impacted by his actions. We have access to everything through God's word. And so if we do believe if we do believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and in this word right here and believe everything that it says is true 
and the truth that it, it says it will reveal about our future and the glory that we will experience in heaven, then why not share it with somebody? I know that there's, there's a very old video going around of a famous magician. He's an atheist, well-known, nothing, nothing has ever turned him. But a man was so convicted by, by this person's proclaimed atheism that, hey, like, I, I just want to, like, I have the key to eternity. And he handed him a Gideon's Bible. Like, man, I just, I just want you to have this. I want you to hold on to this. I want you to read it. And this magician, he said, like, well, I'm not going to read it. But the, the faith that that man had, the actions that he took, because he believed that he knew everything he needed to know about our eternity, about how non-believers are, are destined for eternal separation from God. Now, that man wanted to share that so much that he, he took a step forward because he loved them. Not, not, a, not as a friend, but as a brother, as a future potential brother in Christ. He wanted to share the good news. And so what I challenge you today is just to look around, the, look around and see the people that you interact with, see the people you spend the most time with, whether that's, you know, I know it's summertime, so you got people you're hanging out with, you got people, you, you strangers in the grocery store at Typhoon, Texas, or and we're getting, gearing up for the fall. We need, we need to use this time to prepare ourselves for whenever we are around the people that we, we care about the most. Because I know, I know myself, and I know I'm not the only one, that in high school and in junior high, I had non-Christian friends. And I knew that they needed to know Jesus, and that they needed to know everything about what God has done for us, and for me, and for all of you. And I can guarantee that I'm not the only person in the room that doesn't have a non-Christian friend. And so what I challenge you today is to gear up and to prepare to share your story and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is so important. And these are the things that, that, that can help you share it of what happens when I become a Christian. What happens, like what, what's the benefit? Peter lays it out easy. A new birth, a brand new body. An inheritance that doesn't spoil or fade, and we're shielded by God's power. Those things can be enough assurance and enough, enough weight behind, behind a punch to someone's belief of, hey, like you need to know the Lord because this, 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 and this, and everything that he's going to do in our lives. And so I pray today that you're able to walk away with just a little bit, a little bit of fuel to your fire to drive you to share the gospel with the people around you.